What are religious, I should say, realistic expectations? When I walk in a room to flip on the light, I expect the light to turn on. But should I expect it to turn on if the light bulb is burned out? No, thank you, Easton. Should I expect it to turn on if it's not connected to power? No. Should I expect it to turn on if the wrong size of bulb is in the socket? No. Realistic expectations declares that the light won't work unless the design is followed. And that's the lesson. Realistic expectations, truth or false, any surprise, keep the light on. So the first point is truth or false. God's design, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 20 through 21. Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man. But men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Spirit. How appropriate is this passage to the title of the lesson, Realistic Expectations. It tells us that the power source is God. It tells us what the power source allows, prophecy of Scripture. It tells us realistic expectation to follow God's teaching. Anything else would be false. Anything else would be fake. Anything else would be without God's approval. So let's use food for example. I used to love the candy bit of honey. It's chewy, sticky, it's a taffy thing, and it has the taste of honey. However, though almonds and the flavor of honey is in there, it's debatable whether honey is actually used. It's definitely not used in an abundance. But I also liked it because it will not melt in your pocket in a similar way that candy bars do. But you know what? Honey is an extremely tiny ingredient in that treat. It just gives a flavor without offering the goodness of the real thing. Do all people like God's design? No. 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. But the false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction, and many will follow their sensuality. And because of them, the way of truth will be blasphemed. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. Jude adds to that in Jude chapter, verses 3 through 4. Beloved, although I was eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain people have crept in unnoticed who long ago were designated for this condemnation, ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only Master and Lord, Jesus Christ. 
Do all people like God's design? No, not really. Oh, there might be a taste of God's goodness in their teaching. Ah, I like that taste. Various understandings of Scripture and interpretations of prophecy. But when all the other additives are processed in, the result is not the real thing, is it? What you have is false teaching. False teachers don't like God's design. Oh, maybe some of it fits their purpose. We do do offerings, do we not? Sensuality is one of their tools, and greed is one of their desires. But to encourage people their way, they will teach about a false Jesus. Tastes like the real thing, but no, not really. A teaching that Jesus wants all to be physically rich. Or a teaching that promises perfect health if you believe. And unless you know the real Jesus and his real teachings, you can be led away to false living and false promises. The reality is, God's ways are always at odds with ungodly teaching. This can be seen as a reality of being in a world run by Satan. Our defenses become heightened when we know we're at a conflict with Satan. We can be more easily able to pick out what is contrasted with the word of God and his will. So we are persecuted because we don't conform, as 1 Peter talks about, concerning Christians as exiles in a world not their home. But 2 Peter and Jude are referring to false teachers in your midst. It can come from your previous understanding, infiltrating God's truth prior to becoming a Christian. It can come by current members in Christ's body who are teaching false. It can come from popular leaders who have an agenda. But if it is against God's true teaching, is it truth or is it a false? The second point in realistic expectations is any surprise? Any surprise that God is upset? Remember those angels who sinned against God? They were not excused, were they? Those angels who swerved from the truth toward their own will, the truth that comes from God, the truth of God's design, those angels absolutely chose to sin against God. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. For if God did not spare the angels, who, that is, when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept under judgment. What about Noah's time? Did they choose to disobey God's design? 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. 
If they did not, if he did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah, a herald of righteousness, with seven others when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly. We know from Genesis that the people grew and continually grew to live for evil. Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. God was upset. Or Genesis, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 6, where the people of Sodom and Gomorrah excused. They were not. And we can look back at Genesis 19, verse 6 of 2 Peter chapter 2. If by turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to ashes, he condemned them to extinction, making them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly. Was it just because they were inappropriate with the visitors that came to their city and didn't show proper hospitality as people of the Bedouins and other people would have done? Well, they were definitely also what? Morally corrupt, seeking to rape, seeking to perpetuate sexual sin like homosexuality, Jude verse 7. They sought to disregard the authority of God's ways over all people. His design. People who purposefully proclaim false teachings are bold and willful. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 10, the last part of that verse. They are purposeful and agenda-driven. Even the angel Michael, though he knew God did not want Satan to have the body of Moses, he didn't proclaim his will, he proclaimed God's will when he spoke with Satan. Jude verse 9. God's will. These false prophets act like irrational animals. This comes out of 2 Peter and Jude. They see life in respect to instinct. What feels good without thinking? What is life in a worldly sense without considering God? They say and live like, I can't control my sexual behavior. They say, I am saved by grace alone without desire to follow God's expectations. And they forsake the right way of God. If there are those who have forsaken the right way, it means they were following the right way. You can't forsake something that you weren't following. As those children of Israel in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 15. Forsaking the right way, they have gone astray. Were they not already children of Israel? They have followed the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved gain from wrongdoing. How many families now have family members accepting, and I'm not just poking on this one sin, but it says a lot, accepting homosexuality 
and suddenly the family must accept them because somebody became a homosexual. The church must accept them. I'm not talking about not loving them, but I'm talking about accepting the lifestyle of sin. And that God must accept them. The right way comes from this. This and this alone. Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 20 and 21. We are warned. But if God didn't care, he wouldn't work so desperately to guide people toward repentance, would he? God loves and he wants Christians to remain saved, to not forsake, to fall away. But the false prophet, these are strong letters. The false prophet who mixes truth with error, who was really good about that in Genesis? The devil. Who adds flavoring to a new and processed scripture, like we process our foods. You know there's some foods out there that taste like something, but they have something not even in it, except the taste? Well, that's the real thing. It tastes like an apple, but it has no nutritional value of an apple. And a shelf life of 100 years. <laughs> Apples don't have that. It's not good for marketing. And if we do that with the Word of God, boy, that might change the marketing. But what about the good nature of what Christ's method teaches if it's mixed in with a whole bunch of chemicals that don't belong there? It might taste like the real thing. They are focused, that is, the false prophets, on our sensuality, and their way is greed for wealth. And the third point. of realistic expectation. Keep the light on. What happens when we have a burned out light? Well, we replace it and discard the old one. But if the light keeps shining as God light continues to shine, why should we ever need to replace it? We shouldn't. But guess what? People do. Uh, I'd take out that light that's still shining, but I have a better GE product. I'm going to stick that in and improve upon the old. Improve upon what already works. Improve upon what I want. You know, that thing flickers and it changes colors. Red, blues, greens, yellows. 
instead of just that powerful white. Boy, doesn't that sound attractive? God's light will never wear out. Ever wear out. But those lights that artificially look like God's light through Jesus are based on false power, false teaching, and false expectations. They are not being realistic. They are unrealistic. Those who follow those lights and naive. And a naive person does what? Trusts in things that can hurt them. That's a naive person. Trust in things that can hurt him or her. If I believed in the light and walk in the light, is it possible to turn away from the light? Second Peter and Jude refer to false prophets. Though some of those examples come from the world that we see in, in those letters. Some of those examples come from within the people who should know better, as we see in those examples. Not necessarily referring to visitors, right? but from the body itself. But the results from giving into either will create a fall in a saved person. See, it's more than repenting from sin as I walk in the light, according to 1 John chapter 1, 5 through 10. I'm still in the light even though I sin, but if I'm repenting and I'm living the lifestyle of following Christ, I haven't fallen away. But this is a sin that turns away from the true light to a false light. And a Christian can do that. But they can also repent, can they not? We also, we need to be in it. We need to be studying. We need to be focused. We need to be talking. We need to be here. We need to be present. We need to be in the presence of God in our thoughts and our mind and our life. Therefore, Jude gives this example. Now, I want to remind you, although you once fully knew it, that Jesus, who saved a people out of the land of Egypt, the Israelites, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. Jude 5. Why? They turned to rebellion. They turned to disbelief. They fell after their salvation from Egypt. So we persevere. So Jude calls us to persevere. Jude, verses 17 and following. But you must remember, beloved, the predictions of the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord Jesus Christ. They said to you, in the last time there will be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. It is these who cause divisions, worldly people devoid of the Spirit. But you, beloved, building yourself up in your midst, holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, Keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. And have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. And, to show, and others show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by their flesh. Perseverance means what? 
to be determined to follow the way of God and his truth. The behavior of a person who is resolved to only follow the teachings of Christ. And Peter said, what? Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 20 through 21. The lesson is called Realistic Expectations. Truth or false? Is God's design truth or is it false? Do all like God's design? What are your expectations? Second point, any surprise? Surprise that God gets upset at those who proclaim and or are following false teachings? Are you surprised that God gets upset by that? And the last point, keep the light on. God's light won't wear out, but it won't shine if we don't follow it and use it. The lesson is yours. If there's anybody here today who has any needs, prayer requests, or otherwise, we have a whole bunch of loving people who would be happy to surround you, care for you, hold hands with you, comfort you, love you. If there's any needs this morning, please come forward now as together we stand and sing. Please close